How much of the love of Jesus is displayed in the journey to the cross? Hello and welcome to Rooted Together Podcast, the podcast which aims to root you in Christ through His Word. Together, I'm your host, Charles Hegwood, and today we are in Luke chapter 22 with our episode, Journey to the Cross, part one. Chapter 22 drips with emotion and drama. We see the depth of Jesus' love for His disciples, for sinful men, and for us. Even now as I read this passage, it's with weighty emotion. I see the anguish of our Savior as He prays and prepares for the cross. I see the corruptness of Jesus' enemies, and I see the aloofness of His disciples. I see, as the song says, my sin that held Him there. Chapter 22 is a portrait of the love of God for his children. So as we read, let's drink deep of the mercy and grace of our God. You see, the main idea of chapter 22 is that Jesus died so that we might live for him. So let us live with faith in God's will that Jesus displayed. Meaning, let us live with the faith that Jesus displayed in his trusting of God's will for him. So it's the Passover in chapter 22. Jesus' enemies are plotting. Judas is betraying. The disciples are anticipating. A lamb would be sacrificed. But this time, it would be the very lamb of God, the very lamb of heaven. Yet this was no accident. This was just as God had planned it, just as Jesus told them in chapter 2, it was just as it had been told them. You see, he would ask his disciples to go and to find a place for them to have the meal, and he told them exactly how they would find it, who, who would be there, and how they would have to ask for it. And it happened as he told them. And that's, a, again, a hearkening back to chapter 22, and it displays that God is in control over all that is happening. It's not out of his control. It is not a snowball racing down a hill. It is God ordaining and following everything that is happening. It's no accident. It happens just as Jesus told them. And go read that in in verses 7 through 14 of chapter 22. So as the disciples prepare for the Passover, Jesus prepares them for an even greater Passover. The wrath of God would soon visit, but it would pass over and rest on the shoulders of Jesus himself. So let's follow him as he journeys to the cross. Well, in verses 14 and following, we have what is called often the Lord's Supper or the Last Supper. It begins with a meal. They have eaten this meal with Jesus many a time, but this was different. This was deeper. The shadows were fading as the sun was dawning. And I want to zoom in here on verse 15, and let me read verse 15. I want you and I would encourage you to read this whole chapter and think about it. It is full of emotion, but verse 15, I think, is a great display of that. 
Jesus talking to his disciples in verse 15 says, And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover meal with you before I suffer. Jesus knows that this will be the last time that he will dine with those men who have followed him for three years. That's love. He will miss this, this intimacy, this friendship they have. Suffering is on the horizon for Jesus. This will not be the final meal, however. And that's what I love about this. Jesus looks forward to a future meal with his guys and with all those who follow him, specifically here, his disciples. He looks to the glorious day when he dines with them in his kingdom in victory. The wine becomes a look of hope for the future, a look at the new covenant of our redemption. The bread becomes a remembrance of the cost of this new covenant, his body broken. Now the mill becomes twinged with a bitter sort of hurt. One will betray him, has already betrayed him, and yet it is even with him. Jesus dines. Further pain, Jesus is about to leave his disciples. He has been betrayed, and yet they argue over who is greater, forgetting, seemingly, all that Jesus has modeled for them. And if you pick it up in Mark, Jesus, right before this meal, washes their feet and displays what it means to be a servant leader. And yet here are the disciples, as Jesus has already told them, I will be betrayed and killed tonight. They're arguing about who is greater, forgetting all that Jesus had said and all that he had modeled for them over the last three years. So he directs them to the understanding that they have remained with him in his trials, even though they are weak and broken and about to and they are about to flee from him and leave him in his time of need. He grants them the kingdom that's love, that's grace, and that's mercy, and that is extended to us through the love of Christ. They will eat and drink with him at his table in his kingdom. And I love this for all time. What a great picture of the future victory that we will all share in. And he tells them this as they are about to suffer a very interesting and odd moment for them as Jesus, the one they had followed into Jerusalem as the conquering king, is betrayed, arrested, beaten, spit upon, mocked, and killed. As we get ready to end the first part of this episode, Jesus ushers them to a mountain that he had often scaled to pray, and he this was not uncommon for him. This is something they did often together, especially that last week. Every night they would go up there to pray, but this night would be different. This would be the final night. Jesus prays for Peter. You see, Satan had entered Judas already, but he was barred. That is, Satan was barred from Peter. But Peter is weak, and he will deny Jesus. Oh, that that must have stung the ears of Peter and hurt the heart of Christ. And yet, before he even falls, there is a promise of restoration. What beautiful grace and mercy displayed by Jesus. His last words with them are urgent. Be ready to go. 
it's different. It, he had sent them out before. He sent out the 12, and then he sent out the 72 with orders to not take with them a money sack and a cloak. This time is different. He says, take the cloak, take the money sack, take a sword, take two. It's different than the first time. This will be the long haul. This isn't a short trip that they will return to him on. This is a long trip. It's a lifelong trip. As they mull over his words, Jesus knows the time has come, and he says, that's enough. And they ascend the hill that I was talking about to pray one final time, as was his custom. Final words, pray. Pray you will not fall. Pray now. It's an urgent prayer. Jesus pleads with the Father during this prayer. Blood flows down in mocking droplets of pain and of the pain to come. Jesus' intensity is met with the disciples' sleepiness. Oh, that we will not be found sleeping in our time when Jesus returns. Oh, that we will not be found sleeping when Christ calls upon us. And yet his disciples are sleepy, and he warns them again, rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation because the time has come for Jesus to be betrayed into the hands of men. And it is there we end you in part one. On a cliffhanger, Jesus telling his disciples, telling his boys, get up and pray that you won't fall into temptation because the time has come. And we'll find out next time the cost of the love of God for us. But I want you to see that portrait of love displayed in Jesus, his pain in the Last Supper, his missing, his longing to have that meal again with them in the kingdom where they can dine in victory and peace. Oh, what love displayed by our Savior. And that is the love he had for his disciples. And that is the love that he had for you and for me. Follow Jesus today. And if you are a follower of Jesus already, marvel at the grace. Marvel at the mercy. Take hope in the promise of restoration when we fall. And look to him and just simply sit in wonder of who Jesus is. I'd like to thank you for listening to Rooted Together, and I look forward to joining you next time. I'll see you there.